Welcome back to the Upside Play. Today, it's a two-man show, just me and Vincenzo going at it. Uh, we're going to break down week three a little bit, but we'll save the bulk of it for Thursday's episode. We'll give you some news and headlines. Best 0-3 teams, worst 3-0 and teams. We are brought to you today by RoyalRetros.com. Go to RoyalRetros.com, use promo code UPSIDEPLAY. We got jerseys, we got old school sweatshirts, anything throwback that you want, um, all customizable. There's payment plans, the whole nine yards. It's a really cool site. Please go check it out. And before we get into uh, the news and headlines, we lost a member of the fantasy community. Me and Vince, really a a big influence to us. Uh, We listen to Fantasy Pros pod pretty frequently. So uh, we just wanted to say rest in peace, Mike Tagliere. Um, we're thinking about his family and the two kids that he left behind and his wife. So we just wanted to get that out at the top of the episode. Mike Taglier was really an influence to the both of us. And it's a, it's a shame that he had to go. Definitely. We will go over to news and headlines. We'll pick it back up a little bit. Ravens coach, John Harbaugh. Um, he said Rashad Bateman, rookie wide receiver, the second round pick, I believe will return to practice this week, which is big time for the Ravens. Um, Lamar Jackson has been struggling downfield with anybody outside of um, Hollywood Brown. So Rashad Bateman, hopefully coming back into the mix this week. He had a core muscle injury that has been or core muscle surgery. Sorry. That's really been lingering. So, we're hoping to see him back and healthy and making some plays over the middle for Lamar Jackson, open up the field a little bit in that RPO system. Any thoughts on the Ravens and their wide receiver corps right now, Vince? Yeah, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. It was, it opens up their offense. Um, yeah. Sammy Watkins has been surprisingly good, but a guy like Rashad Bateman can really become your alpha number one wide receiver. Um, and with Hollywood Brown also playing well, you have a real chance of becoming a like legitimate passing offense. Um, and Lamar, obviously, he's got the legs to extend all the plays. So um, this offense could be looking incredibly scary in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's it's um, a different situation. You know, we're not used to a big wide receiver coming into the mix for the Ravens. And this yeah. is a guy that's been really highly touted. So I'm excited to see him on the field with Lamar and hopefully give Lamar a couple more options to work with it uh, within this offense, really. Rams coach Sean McVay said that he's hopeful Daryl Henderson will be back in week four against the Cardinals. It's a Big, big-time game. Um, Sony Michelle kind of filled the void this week. Not too shabby of stats. He played in 74% of his snaps, 67 rush yards, three receptions. Um, the Rams looked awesome regardless of the situation. They didn't have to lean on Sony too much, but when they did, um, I think he, he really did the job. He opened up the play action passing a little bit for Matt Stafford, and the ball was available downfield when they needed it to be. So Sony filled his role. I'm sure they're very happy with how that trade went out, and – um, Daryl Henderson being back, obviously a plus for the Rams. You always want your starting running back back, especially after the Cam Akers injury before the season. So I think this is good news. The Rams are probably going to be number one in our power rankings. I, it's hard to see a way Ooh. where they're not. I am sorry, Patrick. I think Patrick is a Rams fan. I think he's converted, but it's a, it's a fun situation that we're in. You know, the NFC West is elite and Daryl Henderson coming back against the Cardinals could be a, a very huge thing, especially at the goal line. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually very surprised with how Sony Michelle performed. I was very, very low on him um, coming into this week, but he played his role very well, like you said, and Daryl Henderson coming back only adds to that. Um, I think you will start seeing Sony a little bit more involved. He's definitely looking more comfortable than he did when the trade first happened, um, especially in that offense that is pretty tough to 
um, comprehend. But, yeah, this is just another plus to an offense that is just absolutely steamrolling teams. Yeah, McVay took down the Bucks, and they seemed to do it with ease. They were up by a yeah. touchdown most of the game at least. So these Rams are looking deadly. Cooper Cup has not slowed down even slightly. So Daryl Henderson getting back into that mix is definitely something to watch out for. Adam Schefter reported that A.J. Brown is expected to be considered week-to-week with a strained hamstring. Um, usually when you strain a hamstring, you are not playing the next week. So that's something to be on everybody's radar. A.J.B. was probably the most hyped-up wide receiver going into this season, um, especially from last season where he had kind of a mid-to-fifth-round uh, draft grade, and now he was being picked in the early-to-late second. A.J.B. has not looked right all year. He's been dropping balls, and this is just another another – setback really for his timeline um like i said the drops have been a problem but his explosiveness and being able to get open hasn't necessarily been a thing and so this hamstring is just a it's a big blow to this tennessee offense that just started clicking i'm excited for julio if you're in a deeper league you might be able to look at chester rogers or nick westbrook and really implementing the lineup but bad news for julio bad news for the titans or sorry bad news for ajb bad news for the titans overall thoughts on this one yeah, they're already down there. Tight end Anthony Ferkshire as well. So this is just kind of like another, another you know, scoop on the, the ice cream cone. But this is just – it's not ideal. Um, you said he was hyped up before this season, and I want to say most of that was because of me. Um, <laughs> I fantasy Twitter was that. pumped about him. Well. That is like true. Fantasy, fantasy Twitter was all over it. Um, like you hit, you hit the nail again. It's Julio Jones. There's, if you have Julio Jones, you kind of get a sigh of, of relief, um, knowing that those targets are going to be his again. Um, hopefully he can stay healthy. But Ryan Tannehill, he, you know, came into his own last week, throwing three touchdown passes to guys who aren't AJ Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry. I'm sure if you were a fan this week and you're looking for your fantasy team and you're watching that Titans game every single touchdown, you're like, who the, who, like every single time. Cause that was me on my couch. I was just like, what is going on here? It's none of the stars. Yeah. (laughs) I I saw him getting the bulk of the work and yeah, um, that for the backup, I should say, but it just, a it's a fun time right now because any touchdowns are coming and we'll get into it later about the, our stat line shockers guys that we didn't expect to play that well, but the ball is being facilitated to guys that we've never heard of. Fantasy football is tilting slowly, but surely answering questions every Sunday morning for our followers is getting even more difficult. So we're trying guys, but when, uh, when Nick Westbrook is scoring his first touchdown and who or AJB is going down, it's, it's hard for us to predict. So, Last one of the week, our last news and headline, Josh Gordon. Um, We've heard this guy getting reinstated once or twice. He's back again. He's signing with the Chiefs on the practice squad. So, I mean, hold for now. But I I would, if you have a guy that you're never going to start in your lineup, go pick up Josh Gordon, man. Like this guy, whenever he is on the field and they're allowing him to play, absolute dynamite. Um, he, he had that stint in Seattle. He was awesome on the Browns. So I'm, I'm excited for this. It's just another wrinkle in this NFL season. That's already been wacky already. Um, if you've been upset with Tyreek Hill's performance the last couple of weeks, um, don't freak out. I don't think he's going to deter too much more because of this, but Josh Gordon could be that guy filling in a Demarcus Robinson role. Who's been a little underwhelming thus far. Uh, again, practice squad for now. So hold the Hold your horses, but we, we could see Josh Gordon in that Chiefs uniform starting with Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball real shortly. 
Yeah, and I know we've we've talked about him for the last what seems like ten plus years, but he's only thirty years old, and <laughs> he could have a legit impact on this Chiefs team um, that lost Sammy Watkins in the free agency. Um, Ch isn't becoming a pass catching threat like we thought. You might see Josh Gordon finally get those opportunities we've been wanting to since 2015. It's interesting to see if he's just been in game shape this entire time too, because he just takes such long breaks. And like, I wonder if his legs are under him at this point in time. Cause I mean, every team is always interested in him. It's always a big time team that's contending and the chiefs are on that two to two game skid. So no surprise to me that they went out and got another weapon. I mean, they're, they're looking for reinforcements as we speak. Best 0-3 team. So there are five teams that have not won a game yet in the NFL. One is very shocking. The other four you might not a bad an eye at. Best 0-3 teams, Vince. Yeah, I heard you have a little uh, little saber metric for me. Yeah, this one was actually I, – I decided to look at the – the percentage chance that the Colts can still make the playoffs. Um, you know, in oh, sorry, since 1980, uh, only six out of 182 teams that start 0-3 have rallied to make the playoffs, and it's only been done once in the past 22 years. That's a 3.2% clip. I do believe the Colts could still, you know, make a make it a a tight race, but you know, when you fall, when you dig a hole like you you dug, it's it's. It's tough to come back to, especially with those the numbers don't lie. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, they are the best 0-3 team left. We haven't seen them fully healthy. They're in a division where they could make a lot of noise when it comes to all that division play. Um, I I expect them to beat up on the Jaguars and the Texans. So Colts being 0-3 right now, I think they have a good chance at um, – rounding it out and becoming a great team towards the end of the season. It just kind of depends on Wentz's health, if uh, Nelson's going to be good. The offensive line, really, because we haven't seen JT get cooking like we thought no, we would this year. We definitely so. need them to, to get back. And also, but the my main makers, point – go ahead. The schedule makers didn't do them any favors. They started off with Seattle, Los Angeles, Rams, and Tennessee. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you knew it was going to be a skid. We thought they would come out with one, maybe two of those, but 0-3 is still incredibly shocking. Yeah, and I mean, those really could be like their hardest three. They they do yeah. play the Ravens and the Niners. Like, they have a tough schedule overall. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, those three to start off with, it's it's brutal for, for a team that actually had a lot of potential this year. I mean, I'm looking at these games. We're going Ravens, 49ers, Bills, Buccaneers. There, there are no favors being fed into the Colts this season. So, we'll see how they get back. Like I said, the offensive line gets going. They have a good defense. I did watch Darius Leonard get steamrolled by Derrick Henry. Um, Derrick Henry literally bounced off of him like a pinball. It was, it was sad to see. Um, one of the top linebackers in the league, Derrick Henry just absolutely ran through. So they, the Colts are probably the best 0-3 team out there. They will finish with a better record than the rest of these four teams. We're kind of going to list them off. I was when I was ranking this, it was hard for me to choose the clear number two. So I just put a two A and two B. Two A being the Lions, two B being the Giants. Um, the Lions have had tough matchups so far. They played every game very close, and I mean that losing on a record-breaking kick that bounces off the crossbar. I'm still kind of not over it. That Justin Tucker kick was phenomenal, and it's just typical Lions fashion, you know, yeah. team that's really playing well and they deserve to win that game. And we just watch a phenomenon. We watch a supernova happen right in front of our face, and 
the Giants, meanwhile, on the other side, they have a strong defense, but they lost to the Falcons, who have a terrible defense. I was expecting Danny Dimes to really pick it up this week. I mean, he's been doing great. He was the QB4 going into this, and he just did not show me QB4 numbers. The rushing upside wasn't how I thought it would be. I was wondering if Saquon might have taken away from that a little bit because they were facilitating the offense through Saquon quite a bit, and it just wasn't happening in the red zone. So something to watch out for for those Giants. Um, Patrick's pick to win the NFC East, so it's it's been a rough start but they they do have a defense that once they start clicking and Bradbury and Adore Jackson once they really start get going I think they'll do a lot more damage but those were my 2A and 2B um Jaguars at 4 they were winning at halftime got absolutely obliterated right after the half ended um Kyler Murray picked it up uh, Chase Edmonds looked great this week if you're thinking about having Chase Edmonds in your flex he showed you a little promise and then there's the Jets. I think we're going to really dive into the Jets a little bit later, but the Jets are by far the worst team on this list. I don't I don't think anybody can say otherwise. The Jets might be the worst team we've seen in the last three, four years. And it's sad because my boy Robert Saul is over there, and I actually did think that they would have a change of pace kind of year. Um and it's just not it. I feel bad for Zach Wilson. He's being thrown to the wolves right now. He is quote unquote seeing ghosts like those quarterbacks in New York do. It's not a good time to be a Jets fan. They put up a goose egg in back to back weeks, I'm pretty sure. So it yeah. it's tough. Jeez. We'll go over into our best or sorry, worst three and O teams. Uh Vince did another little sabermetric wrinkle. Go for it, Vince. Yeah, since 1990, teams that have started 3-0 and have made the playoffs 73.6% of the time. So about a three-quarter percent chance that you're going to make the playoffs if you start 3-0. and And there's probably a bigger smile on his face because his team is one of those teams this year. Um, we're going to go down the list. So this is worst 3-0 and teams. Again, worst to best. We're going to rank this now. Um, the five teams are going to be the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Panthers, and the Broncos. Now I'm going to rank them. Worst 3-0 and team is the Broncos. Um, and it's not because they've done anything to declare them the worst. It's because they've played absolutely nobody. Yeah. They, if you're looking at the Colts schedule, the Broncos might be the complete opposite this oh, year. Yeah, sure. Um, excruciating. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean you've got to play who's in front of you. I 100% get that. But... The Broncos being 3-0, and once they play a real team like they will this week against Baltimore, it, it it's going to be tricky. And I'm interested to actually see how they respond to a team like that. If they come out and they and they go, um, come against Baltimore and, and really show that they can win that game, I'm, I'm gonna, my, my whole thought of them is going to change. But right now, it, they're kind of weak to me because of the teams that they played. And I can't see them being favored in any of their next three, maybe five games, honestly. Uh, they go Ravens, Steelers, Raiders, Browns, Washington football team, then the Cowboys who are obliterating the Eagles on Monday Night Football right now. So it's uh, the Broncos, I feel like they, they're not going to be undefeated for long. I'd be very surprised if they made it past the Ravens this week. And the Steelers could have anybody in that backfield, really. Ben Roethlisberger isn't it right now, but... They could have anybody out there and just run the ball. And I mean, yeah. Steelers running the ball. Silly me. Someone <laughs> getting the ball into Najee's hands is, is what I should say. Um, yeah, so Broncos, worst 3-0 team for us. Number two, again, this doesn't seem fair, but it's the Panthers. 
Same kind of justification here. They haven't really played too much. They did play the Saints, who had a blowout win against the Packers, who are on fire right now. So there's that. But Panthers defensively look awesome. Sam Darnold is still kind of shaky for me. Um, 24-9 win this week against the Texans on Thursday Night Football, an absolute snoozer of a game. Um, I rarely turn off a football game, but in the fourth quarter, I was done with it. And they beat the Saints. They beat up on the Jets. The Jets actually scored the most points they have this season against the Panthers, who have the highest rated defense so far. So that's a weird one to look at. Um, they did lose CMC for, for an extended period of time, and they did lose J.C. Horn. I'm not 100% sure it might be for the rest of the season. Um, but, yeah, two major injuries to that team that they could – yeah, they're 3-0, and but they lost two major components to that. I didn't know J.C. Horn was out for that long. What was, was his injury? A broken foot. A broken oh, bone in no. his foot. That's Which usually deadly. Happen, yeah. Yeah, so that they went out and got C.J. Henderson this morning from the Jaguars, traded away Dan Arnold, who was really not doing too much in that offense besides throwing a block here or there. So they, they have other guys that can fill that role. Um, Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, he's a guy to look out for. Um, talk about him later just, for sure. Yeah, talk about him later for sure. So worst 3-0 and team starting off with the Broncos, Panthers, and then these next three have all been – I mean, the Raiders have been a pleasant surprise. Um, usually me, three years ago, I'd love to talk shit and say that they're frauds, but who knows, man? This Raiders team, they have some kind of it factor down late in the game, and people can hate on Derek Carr, say he's not that guy, but from what I've seen this year, Derek Carr has been extremely clutch in the fourth quarter. Um what is it? Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs are the yep. top two fourth quarter receivers right now. And yep. I mean, there's one guy throwing him the ball. So Brian Edwards looked dominant last week. He's definitely, he's not super heavily rostered and he is their wide receiver one. Um, Henry Ruggs gets the deep ball work, but if you're talking ins and outs, route running, just a complete wide receiver, Brian Edwards is their number one as of now. So he's a guy to go look at. Darren Waller will, Obviously, go for the most yards for that team. He's going to be the top targeted guy, but a wide receiver one should be rostered in every league. That's my firm belief. Uh, Raiders, what am I seeing? Vince, tell me your stat about the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders became the only team in NFL history to start 3-0 and after beating teams with 10-plus wins the year prior. Um, the way they're playing right now is better than I've seen in my lifetime, I would say. Um, <laughs> This is it's, it's emulating they're a Super Bowl in O two. Yeah, you're right. It, they're emulating the 2016 year, the infamous one where Derek broke his leg on Christmas Eve. But this this defense is the reason we're staying in games. I know you gave up a 25-14 lead, but these guys are getting to the quarterback, and the secondary is still, you know, a liability. But they're getting to the quarterback faster than we've seen. Um, in quite some time, even before Khalil Mack was there. Um, you know, the sky's the limit for this team. If we can keep that second half uh, wall, we can push that wall back. But I'm excited, man. It's It was a great game. We also refuse to have normal fucking games. But, um, you know. <laughs> Just like the Ravens. It is what Just it is. Just like the man. Ravens. I'll it's funny. It. I didn't even think about that quote. I was talking last week about how the Ravens just refused to have a normal game, and then they just end it on a on a sixty six yard field goal. Boink! Oh my goodness! Oh my! It's it's just stuff that we've never seen before. Yeah, the Raiders are the same way. Raiders and the Ravens refuse to have a normal one. And the Raiders, I mean, out of these teams, 
pretty light schedule if you don't consider the division games. I mean, we're thinking Broncos, Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, um, Colts at the end, if the Colts stay not healthy. So Raiders are put themselves in a very good position. I think you'll see some or Las Vegas playoff football, but once they get there, that's kind of what I'm worried about. But that's a couple of weeks down the line. If you're a Raiders fan, you should be optimistic right now. You guys have a great team. Derek Carr's balling out. And like Vince said, Max Crosby is getting to those quarterbacks. Sky's the limit if they keep on pressing quarterbacks like Max Crosby oh, can. I want to apologize. Derek, if you're listening to this, I was probably your harshest critic for the last five years. Um, I apologize uh, 100%. Um, you can come on this pod at all uh, at any point. You're leading the league in passing yards right now, playing absolutely great football, and I'm here for it. He's averaging like 400 a game, right? Yeah, he's his yeah, uh, close to it. Yeah, his uh, yards per attempt is higher than Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, um, Dak Prescott, and I forgot the other quarterback. But those three are the you know, main ones that he's above in yards per attempt. Yeah, more mascara applied than any other QB in the league. Hey, we will we're go. number one in everything. <laughs> um, Cardinals, next on the list. Uh, Cardinals, so if you're keeping track at home, this is our second best 2-0 team, or 3-0 team. The Cardinals, um, again, a pleasant surprise. They didn't look um, as sharp as they did in week one these past couple of weeks, but, I mean, they're getting the job done. A win is a win. Uh, like I said, they were losing at halftime to Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Picked it right back up, and we saw where Kyler Murray was at. DeAndre Hopkins was dealing with an injury too, so we didn't get to see that full offense really unleashed. Shout out to that ref who just screwed Rondale Moore out of a punt return, um, hitting the flag against the ball on the punt return. It's something that I've never seen. Just that ref a, another... is more accurate than Big Ben this year. Yeah, seriously. That I mean that I was I was impressed. I don't think I could do that if like I was given ten tries. So yeah, shout definitely. out that. Um, so Rondell Moore did have a shaky week. We told a lot of people to start him. So if you're listening to this right now, we do apologize. I tweeted about it um, on game day. I, I did the put their, put your clown mask on. If you started Damian Harris and Rondell Moore, ironically enough, me and Vince in two separate leagues, both started both of those guys. So it, uh, it, it ended up being a shot at me, but then Vince also had those two guys in another yeah. league. So, I mean, Cardinals look good. The offense is dynamic. Chase Edmonds got going. Um, defense does scare me a little bit, but Byron Murphy and Buda Baker, geez Louise, yeah. man, those guys are balling out. Those, those, uh, hybrid linebackers seem to be working out really well for Cliff Kingsbury as well. So they're, they're another team that's really fun to watch. They're going to have high scoring games. Most of the time you're watching them. So keep tuned with the Cardinals this year. And then best team of football. We're not going to spend too much time on it. The Rams are red hot. They just beat the defending champion Bucks. Uh, Cooper Cup won't slow down. That is the the real story here. Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup have been off to an amazing start. I think Cooper is the number one wide receiver in fantasy football right now. He's got five touchdowns this year already. Um, so really on pace to just dominate his touchdown record that people were kind of criticizing him for a little bit. So we'll, we'll see. And 10 plus targets in each game as well. So yeah. he's a he's a high volume guy and he's going to stay a high volume guy. I'm just happy to see Matt Stafford winning games and having fun. That sometimes, like they said on the broadcast, sometimes these pairings just, you know, work out to perfection. And Matt Stafford and Sean McVay look like they're two peas in a pod over there in L.A. They are, I mean, it's it's perfect marriage between them. Shout out Ricky Williams. 
<laughs> and I mean, Stafford right now, he's nine touchdowns, one interception, almost a thousand yards. So it's kind of crazy. Derek Carr has almost mm-hmm. 300 more yards than Matt Stafford, but Stafford's getting it done. He's got a 70% completion percentage. And he was a guy that I said in the beginning of the year, um, I think I have him in three fantasy leagues. Um, so I probably like 40% or no, 25% owned from here managed for me. Um, Matt Stafford has been my guy since the beginning of the season. I hate that he's on the Rams, but it just seemed like the perfect matchup, especially when Cam Akers went down. I was like, this is a, this is a fantasy grab if you can get one. So I'm very, very surprised and I'm, I'm happy with how the Rams have been playing so far. I want them to, lose 12 straight so the 49ers don't have to see them in the playoffs but that's another story um going over into fumbled the bag so teams are players that made costly mistakes or just didn't get the job done really um there's only one team to talk about but we're going to talk about two it's uh recency bias i owe this one to the people out there 49ers leaving 37 seconds on there for rogers he just, he can't do it. Um, people were blaming Jimmy in the moment. I'm always going to defend my guy, Jimmy. What a, what a two minute drill that we saw out of Jimmy Garoppolo and juice check just broke seven tackles. And if you're breaking seven tackles in the, by the five yard line, like, what are you going to do? That play was called from Shanahan to get the ball down right around the two. And then we're just going to jam it in. We had three timeouts left. We were ready to play that clock game and make sure there was no time left. And, Juice just did what Juice does. He powered through people, throw up the four, shout out Stephen Frazier. It was, it, it, it sucked. And I mean, really my gripe is I, I can't blame D'Amico Ryans because I think he called a pretty solid second half until two minutes came. But our D coordinator, you have to think in that situation, let's just rush three. We're going to double cover Devonte and run that Tampa two. And that's not what we did. Um, Devonte Adams yeah. being open being open where he was obviously Fred Warner was lurking, but it's just, it's still hitting me at home right now. It's, it's tough for me to process that we had that game in the bag. People were ready to be happy with Jimmy again and Rogers and Devonte Adams hooked up for a crazy play and now they want his head on a spike. So 49ers fans relax. Go ahead. I, I, I get, Leaving too much time on the clock, I get that. But in the NFL, you got a touchdown, you got a touchdown, you got to score that fucking thing. Um, I, I, you had three timeouts and 30 seconds left on the clock. This, you would be even more mad if they got down to the two and got stuffed three straight times. Um, you scored the touchdown and you just gave one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time 30, 30 seconds with no timeouts. Like, what are we doing here, guys? Like, that is enough time for him to do what he did. But that's the only player who could do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to take the touchdown. I don't blame Juszczyk or, or Jimmy G for this one. You got to score the touchdown when you have the opportunity. Yeah, I, I really think that it is the defensive play calling. And yeah. I mean, D'Amico Ryans, it's his first year as a head coach. He's going to get better. Uh, but it was, it was just sad to see. Like I said, you, you leave open the shallow middle in a situation like that. And I've, I was tweeting out about the three man rush and. People were like, oh, we'll have too much time. We'll be able to find someone who's like, they have 37 seconds. Like, take all the time you need, brother. They have no timeouts. We, we cover the sidelines. We cover deep down the middle, and you leave the shallow middle open. And uh, shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? 49ers, we fumbled the bag this week. It's all right. Um, we had tons of injuries in our secondary, so I'm, I'm super proud of how we played. We battled against a playoff team that, I mean, had probably nine less injuries than us. So 
it is what it is. We'll, we'll be back. Um, I'm hoping that we have some cornerbacks rostered. We had Quan Williams leave the game and we had Josh Norman leave the game spit and blood. So it's, it's just a tough time. It's we're, we're really adding on to that injury radar and we'll see the Niners are a hard team to predict right now. Second fumbled the bag, um, the entire New York Jets franchise, really. Um, just absolutely awful this week. I've seen a ton of Jets tweets coming out, and there's just no optimism left for the franchise this season. They're, it, it's not like a tank for Tua situation, but, I mean, what what are they tanking for now that they just got their number two overall pick? Um, shout out the stats. Go ahead for it, Vinny. Yeah, I mean, th- this was just an ugly game all around. You look at the – I mean, if you watch the game, if you stomached that entire game and watched the entire thing, kudos to you. Um, 162 total yards, 11 first downs, 3.1 yards per play, two turnovers, zero plays in the red zone. You could not get the ball moving at all. Three points. I was wondering why I didn't see him. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 3.1 yards per play. I mean, there's nothing really to say about the New York Jets franchise. I mean, they stuck. They, there's, there's, the only optimism you have is you have your quarterback in place. Well, you know, potential quarterback in place. You don't have to go searching through draft Twitter and finding stats or, or, or videos on quarterbacks this year. But um, your coach, I, I do still have faith in Salah, but this is just an ugly situation. And, I mean, Mackay back then going down was kind of the telltale. Oh, um, we knew it was going to be bad. And his backup has been absolutely awful. Um, yeah, it's it's just hard, man. It's a it's a hard uh, position to play. Just jumping into left tackle when you're playing behind one of the top three guys in the league at that position, and he has not gotten the job done. I'm pretty sure his name's Greg Van Roten. Um, no if you want to come on the podcast, you can. It won't be a fun time, um, but yeah, he he's he stepped in for the right guard spot. That's that's what he was. But regardless, the Jets haven't looked good. Um, I. They could be the first 0-17 team in all of NFL history. I kind of want to look up their schedule really quick just to see if they have any promising matchups coming up. But, I mean, if you're scoring six and zero points in back-to-back week, like, what are you looking forward to? I mean, what are they? They have the Falcons. They have the Texans. Wow. They should shift that to Thursday night if it's not already because that is a peak <laughs> Thursday night football that is, game. That is the epitome of a Thursday night football game. And they have a Jaguars game, so eh, I could be biting my tongue. They they could end up with two, but right now the Jets, nothing looking forward to them. Um, they fumble the bag as a franchise. Stat line shockers. Um, going back to Vince's Raiders, we saw a very promising running back game uh, with Josh Jacobs out. Kind of proves that this offensive line is solid because Peyton Barber, 23 carries, 111 yards. He had a touchdown, three catches for 31 yards. It's 11 yards per catch, and he finishes the RB5. If you're talking just rushing from scrimmage yards, he was the RB3 behind only Derrick Henry and is it another guy on this list? No. Uh, Madison. Uh, yeah, Derrick Henry and Alexander Madison. Shout out Handcuff Harbor. Yep. Um, Peyton Barber, man. How are you feeling about that, Vince? Man, it's just absolutely incredible that you went out and got a running back for 11 guaranteed a million 11 million guaranteed in Kenyon Drake and you're giving a guy who was signed off the Washington practice squad your starting reps and giving him 23 carries but 
he was doing the most with him. That offensive line was giving him holes the entire game. Really turned on the second half. But, yeah, Peyton Barber looked much better than I thought. And, you know, I think they might be using a three running back, you know, committee once Jacobs is back. But um, as a fan, I'm absolutely loving this running running game. As a fantasy manager, I'm not really, like, comfortable with Josh Jacobs right now. Yeah, I mean, Kenyon Drake only was in 43% of snaps, and it was a drastic uh, cutback from his 71 the week prior. So they saw something that they didn't like. And um, I'm hoping for all those Kenyon Drake fantasy managers that they have something to lean back on in that situation because it's it looked ugly this week for them. Um, I was expecting him to have a huge role. He was another guy that I told a couple people to start because it just seemed like he was going to step into that role and have like kind of a bell cow s, but there goes Peyton Barber, and that's another fun thing about fantasy football, finishing Looks as like the RB5, just how we had it. Uh, Buffalo Bills wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, he had a highlight catch in the back of the end zone. I think it was the first of the day for the Buffalo Bills in route uh, over the Washington football team, who everybody was expecting to have the top defense in the league, and they're not anywhere near the top defense in the league. Um, but really, Emmanuel Sanders, he's just been getting it done on whatever team he's been on recently. He was playing for my 49ers, and he was definitely a fan for a favorite. I'm wishing that we had him right now. Um, we could use a downfield guy like that. So, Manuel looked great. They beat the crap out of the Washington football team in a 43-21 victory. And looking at his stats, what do we got? We had two touchdowns, 94 yards, and five receptions. So, he's getting the ball where it counts the most. And uh, not much more to say about this Buffalo Bills. Any one of their wide receivers can really be a streamer this week because any of them can pop off at any time. Stephon Diggs had six receptions, 62 yards. Cole Beasley had 11 receptions, 98 yards. And Emmanuel Sanders finished as the wide receiver one. So it is what it is. Uh, any thoughts on Emmanuel Sanders before we get going? Yeah, I think he's going to be a solid, um, you know, second flex kind of player for the rest of the year. Um, really, to me, it's the Buffalo Bills are back. You know, you saw that that game in week one where you had a lot of concern with, but that's two straight games where they actually absolutely blew out their opponents. And um, the Bills are back. I think you can start their their um, pass catchers with confidence. Josh Allen is got to be the quarterback four or five for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, if not higher. Exactly. That's all you got to know about that. Uh, going over to our second wide receiver, this one was a blast from the past. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, Deshaun Jackson. Um, very limited snap count, but he made them all count when he was out there. He had three catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. Finished as the wide receiver nine this week on three catches. Um, if that's not a Deshaun Jackson stat line, I don't know what is. Uh, you, wide receiver nine in fantasy football. And I, what is it, 2015? Deshaun Jackson just having that crazy of a game. So Matt Stafford's really, uh, he's divvying up the wealth. Um, He had a fantastic game, and Deshaun Jackson was a big part of that. So, I mean, 120 yards, I'm never going to complain. Your thoughts on D-Jax? I wish Maher was here. That's one of his guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, Shout out Maher, but there's no way Deshaun Jackson should be added anywhere. Um, (laughs) This stat line is the exact stat line he's going to get every single time. He's all, he you know catches a touchdown pass, but it's going to be weeks or maybe even years before we see this again. Uh, it's just it's just cool to see it happen, you know. Deshaun Jackson was a fan favorite everywhere he went. 
in 32% of snaps, 27 in week one, and just 5% of snaps in week two. So that if you're if you're thinking about picking him up, that's what you need to watch out for, how often he's going to be on the field. He's yeah. typically just a burner. He's never going to beat people with his elite route running skill. So high volume uh, PPR leagues, definitely stay away. If you need a streamer in standard and are sitting on a prayer, that's who you'll go for. And that boy's so guy, fast now. Yeah, that's he's insane. So fast how, I mean, how old is he? Deshaun Jackson is oh gosh. Um we'll go over to Tyler Conklin. I'll get Deshaun Jackson's age in a second. Oh, 34. <laughs> Deshaun Jackson's 34 years old and he's still burning by DBs <laughs> with ease. Uh Minnesota Vikings tight end, Tyler Conklin. Um Irv Smith Jr. not in there. Seven catches for 70 yards and a touchdown against Seattle. Real I mean, he finishes the tight end one, so there, there's something to look out for. Um Really, Justin Jefferson cooked Seattle all week, um, all game. He was just the. I saw this play where he just hit like an in and out and then back up, and I I was told I texted in the group chat. I said I, my ankles would be shattered. I probably wouldn't be able to walk again if I got hit with a move like that. So the DBs, the whole secondary was already on edge, and I think Conklin really took advantage in the red zone this year or this week. Seven catches is much more production than I expected to see out of him, but. There's not a lot of ton of uh, real red zone threats outside of Adam Thielen. If Dalvin Cook is out for another week, he is definitely a streamer for you next week. Yeah, Conklin's a guy where you could just, you know, take a prayer. He's touchdown dependent, but when you get down to the red zone, teams are going to be zeroing in on Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Um, You don't have Kai Rudolph there anymore. You don't have Irv Smith there, so Conklin's the next guy in, and He's looking like he's, you know, that next guy up. But um, I would like to think that this is going to continue happening because we wanted the breakout for Irv Smith. But, um, yeah, this is – this is I would project him for about eight weekly points from here on out and then before a touchdown. So definitely something to look forward to. I, I look into the snap count a lot. If you couldn't tell by now, um, yeah. he's played in seventy plus per, or seventy percent or more snaps since this season started. So really? he's a consistent guy on the field, and he does seem to be their tight end one. He's had four targets at least in every game. This big game this past week was an eight target game. So just another guy to look out for. Put him on your radar. Like I said, the red zone upside's there. He's probably going to be the third target in the red zone. Justin Jefferson is a great receiver in between the 20s, but um, once we get inside those 20s, he kind of slips off a little bit. So Conklin could see a big role because of that, but J.J. was opening up the field for him a lot this week. He was torching DBs back there. All right, last segment, and we'll get out of here. Our best waiver wire ads. Um, We won't go too into detail with these guys. I think Vince kept it at 53% or less, uh, except for one running back who just – seems like we needed to mention so yeah. Vince I'll let you run through these I'll chime in where I can yeah I'm going to start off with quarterback um, these guys are you know streaming options I'm not telling you to start these over the Brady's or the Lamar or Mahomes but if you are one of those late quarterback guys and you're struggling pick up guys like Derek Carr or Tyler Heineke who are getting it done um, their weapons are stepping up um, you know like I said before Derek's leading the league and um, passing yards and hasn't had a game of less than 25 points yet. Um, and Tyler Heineke is, for some reason, still hovering around. You know, he's hyper-targeting McLaurin. Uh, he should get Curtis Samuel back um, this week or next. 
You still got Gibson. Those weapons are are you know good enough for, to keep him afloat in the top maybe seventeen quarterbacks. Um, going to wide receiver, we talked about it before. This is a deeper league ad, but Josh Gordon being twelve percent out, which Josh Gordon being twelve percent out, kudos to those twelve percent. But um, I was surprised <laughs> there. That he was at double digit percent. But you know, take the shot. You know, I mean, he could end up being a top thirty wide receiver that you got for absolutely nothing. Um, you know, we talked about Emmanuel Sanders already, but that offense looks like it's cooking again. We saw you know Josh Allen just take over this week, so Emmanuel Sanders is a solid pickup as well. Another thing on Flash Gordon, um, if you're in a best ball league or anything that kind of resembles that format, he is yeah. the epitome of a good best ball guy. Um, if you're worried about his play time, you don't have to set your lineups in those leagues, and he could literally pop off for that Chiefs team. So that's a just another wrinkle I wanted to throw in there. Uh, Vinny was saying Tim Patrick. And yeah, that's Tim based Patrick. off of injury, really, right? Yeah, I mean, we saw two weeks ago um, Jerry Judy went down and it was Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler. Now, KJ Hamler tore his ACL yesterday as well, so Tim Patrick is just going to be – he always just lingers around. The last two years, he's just always there. He's reliable, and Bridgewater looks like he likes getting him the ball. Um, Tim Patrick is a big wide receiver, 6'4", 220. Um, he can make those plays. I think that in that offense, they need that wide receiver too, especially with Bridgewater – and that offensive line kind of not playing very well. Um, I think he's going to be – he would be my wide receiver one ad this week. Um, and to my boy, Hunter Renfro, the best wide receiver in football, only owned in 22% of leagues is absolutely disrespectful. There's no PPR way – wide receiver 25. There's no way it should be 10% more than Josh Gordon, who's probably packing a ball as we speak. Uh, listen Hunter to these Renfro. listen to these numbers right here. He's got 10 plus points in each game. He finished with 18 last game, 57 plus yards in each game. Um third and Renfro is here to stay. And yeah. that's just that's what it is. Derek Carr targets him when he needs someone to go out there and make a play. Um he's the old reliable. He gives me weird Julian Edelman type vibes. Um he's just always seems to have some some separation in the middle of the field. He's good for those seven-yard dump-off plays and can even extend him sometimes if he's not getting hit right away. So I, Hunter Renfro, man, that's that's a crazy steal. Um, if you're playing in redraft league and you're getting your ass kicked, I think he's definitely a viable option that you can throw in your flex instead of those risky guys every single week. Yeah, I mean, you hit it. Derek's, Derek's targeting this guy. What seems like if he's not targeting rugs deep or Waller, if he's not trying to fit into, into Waller, the ball's going to Renfro. And, uh, you know, those announcers last night in the game, they were just raving about Hunter Renfro and Derek Carr's chemistry. And you saw it, you know, Hunter Renfro had the touchdown to put us ahead um, in the game against the Dolphins. So if he's out there, I would definitely add him as well. Um, Six plus targets each week. Exactly. It's very consistent. Um, This one is a little bit more of a, you know, speculative ad. He might not be available this week. John Harbaugh said Rashad Bateman is going to be practicing this week. He is coming off IR. Rashad Bateman is the kind of guy that could become your alpha number one, but it's going to take some time. He is a rookie coming off of an injury, but this is definitely an ad that could win you your league late in the season. 
Um, definitely, I would go out. He would be a guy that I would probably throw about ten to fifteen dollars with the Fab on. Um, if you're in Fab leagues, and I would put him at wide receiver three of my pickups this week. And Rashad Bateman, I, I've talked about the heat maps from college and Lamar Jackson where he likes to throw the ball, but the, he's a slant machine. I think Lamar will have a lot of success with, sorry, success with Bateman being able to really extend plays for him. If Lamar's scrambling out of the pocket, he has an RPO that doesn't go well. I think Rashad Bateman will do a great job at getting him that safety blanket that he needs, and he's going to be a consistent target over the middle because of that elite route running. So I'm excited to see that high draft pick get in. He's definitely a 33%. If he's available, I'd go snag him, I'd stash him, and just see how he does in those first two weeks. I mean, worst comes to worst, you drop him and you get the next best thing. Running backs, we got Zach Moss. Um, so this is the highest rostered guy here, but it, it's just something that we want to mention. If Zach Moss isn't there, if he's on the waiver wire in your league, please go grab him. He's been performing super well. He was a touchdown machine. I think he's got a touchdown in back-to-back weeks and just really – a. It's a crowded room over there for Buffalo, but if there's going to be a running back that's going to break out for you, I think it's going to be Zach Moss. That is Vince's weed dealer again. Um, Stay off the weed. Chuba Hubbard, 40% rostered. Go grab Chuba Hubbard. If McCaffrey's going to have a long injury, we all saw what happened with Mike Davis last year. I talked about it in previous pods. Mike Davis is a league winner for me last season. And I think Chuba Hubbard can have a similar type role. He's a hard running back out of Oklahoma State. We haven't seen him really get going. The numbers haven't looked great so far. But what I know about this Panthers team is that they utilize their running back no matter who it is back there. So let Matt Rule work with Chuba Hubbard. And I I think that could be a very, very solid pickup. Peyton Barber, um, we talked about him earlier. Those 23 carries is enough to warrant a pickup. If Josh Jacobs keeps on having that lingering injury, he's going to be a solid start next year. He's going to be next week, and he's going to be a solid streamer. So look out for Peyton Barber. Check up on Josh Jacobs. If it's a match made in heaven, you'll get some points, and you might get a free week one win. And um, tight end, Tyler Conklin. Again, talked about him. The snap percentage speaks for itself. And then our streamer for the week next week, Tennessee Titans. I'm sure you guys could already assume who they're playing. They got the New York Jets. Um, Any team, that'll be our streamer of the week. We don't need you to come back and wait for this defensive streaming option. If if there's a defense back there that's playing the New York Jets, I suggest starting them. Also, maybe think about the Jaguars as well. Um, Teams that are playing the Jets and the Jaguars – a lot of turnovers from both those rookie quarterbacks. Um, and if Justin Fields continues to get the starts over there too, I mean, I, I don't think Fields is a bad QB, but he's holding on to the ball for like four and a half seconds per play. So it's just something to consider. If you have high uh, stakes on your sacks in your leagues, then maybe look at who Justin Fields is playing against that week. Also, uh, Matt Nagy came out and said that all three quarterbacks are in consideration to be playing this week. So um, if it is Nick Foles, then you can flip it and start the Detroit Lions defense as well against Nick Foles. But those are the two defenses that um, I'll be looking out for in my leagues to stream this week. There it is, our waiver wire ads for the week. Uh, Again, go to royalretros.com. Really cool website. They got retro jerseys, anything throwback. Get your customized jersey. Get it ready for when you are finally able to head out to that stadium or even a watch party or just uh, post up on Twitter. Use promo code UPSIDEPLAY. Get 10% off your order. We appreciate you guys listening today. Have a good rest of your night. See y'all.